Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Big event coming up tomorrow in San Jose at the Rotary Summit Center. Seventh floor, San Jose. I don't get down to San Jose all that often. But I do know the way to San Jose and the way to create wealth is in the morning from 930 to 11. And in the afternoon, we're going to do uh, an event on income and retirement. That's probably the biggest fear that I have is I like to spend money. I feel good spending money. I like doing nice things for my family. I feel good doing nice things for my family. But I can't keep it up in retirement if I don't have the income to match what my job is. So that's kind of been my goal my whole life is to try to match what I'm making from working 40 hours a week to what can I get paid a lot of money to do nothing? And that's managing your portfolio. Bill de Blasio has pulled out. He's interrupted Presidentus Runnis. He's pulled out of the... uh, uh, presidential primary, which again, as we get closer and closer, Wall Street's going to get a little bit more stressed. They're going to go, man, that Elizabeth Warren makes me nervous about banks. Or it'll be something like, man, 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 that guy, uh, he doesn't want to spend money on the military. He wants to like, you'll, you'll see like Wall Street gets a little freaked out about politics and it's okay. It's normal. Trump sanctions the Iranian national bank in wake of strikes on the Saudi oil facilities. I'll tell you what, Saudi Arabian official can suffocate a journalist, no problem. But you throw a little uh, bomb at their oil facilities, and the president wakes up and says, that's no way. They met with fire, fury, and frankly, power, the likes of which this world has never seen before. And that's what he said to his friends. This is not, not a president you want to mess with, if you know what I'm saying. And I actually don't know what you're saying. You know, this time next year, it's going to be kind of interesting in my world of which streaming service is left standing. Are we only a year away from having a winner, winner, chicken dinner, someone takes all? A grudge match, a battle royale, if you will. Who's going to be the winner? Is it going to be Netflix? Is it going to be Disney Plus? Disney takes over Hulu. Huh. And they've got Plus, which is ESPN, which is all the sports shows about sports. It's 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 Star Wars. It's Marvel superheroes. Every friggin' fragging one of them, from Thor to Ant Man to Iron Man to I was gonna say Wonder Woman, but that's Warner Brothers. That's someone else. It's Comcast, right? Oh, I know. It's actually kind of interesting in that part of the streaming wars is that forever Time Warner couldn't get Warner Brothers and couldn't get the DC Comics going. And then suddenly they did. 
Wonder Woman was a smash hit. Aquaman was a smash hit. Let's forget about Batman. And let's forget about Justice League. was never in a Superman. I always found the concept kind of silly. But Netflix CEO said the company's plans to stick to its tried and true strategy of the bingeable content. They're saying we're not going to flinch as Apple TV Plus comes on, as Disney Plus comes on, as NBC's Peacock, Peacock, and uh, CBS's service kind of like starts upping. HBO has Max which is going to be their Netflix competitor. So Reed Hastings is saying, we're not going to change a thing. He says, it's going to be tough competition. Direct to consumer will have a lot of choice. Uh, again, I, I think the best content there is, has to be Disney, right? Or the most Hollywood produced, followed by HBO Max. Netflix is cute, but are they doing too much too often? Are they spreading it too thin? I don't know. Uh, who are these people? And then they all this week they all signed up. You know, uh, Netflix got Friends. No, they didn't get Friends. They got uh, Seinfeld. So, but that's not until twenty twenty one. You're like, wow, where are we going to be in a year from now? Will there be a winner take all scenario? I don't know. Tim Cook's out in front of Apple stores, and I'm like, what? I thought we were over that thing. But yeah, I guess they're still camping out, and there's still CEO handing out phones and stuff like that. Congratulations, you just spent $1,200. Congratulations, you just spent $1,000. Congratulations. Uh, Customers are lined up for the new iPhone 11. All we care about is China, though. Like, we know Americans are saturated with poly fats. (laughs) No, we're saturated with phones. And we're like, well, maybe two years will last three years. Maybe a year and a half will last two years. Like, we're, we're kind of stretching out our ownership. So there's not a lot of surprises that Tim Cook could do. Now, if we have Steve Wozniak going up and down the the lines in, like, his uh, scooter. <laughs> Something about Wozniak on a scooter makes me smile. Um, we could have him cruising the lines and, like, handing out, like, AirPods or something. Like, then we would have an event. Tim Cook looking a little old. In Madison, on Madison Avenue, Fifth Avenue today, um, at something an that's magical and enriches people in some way. And we're talking about a phone, of course. Keep in mind, I about pooped myself when I got Apple Arcade because I was so excited. It's actually sliced red. I know you said you wore a diaper, so you could no. Yeah, it's really it's tough to get excited about it, though, right? So, tropical storm Imelda has left two dead in Texas. Others stranded and trapped. I bring that up because natural disasters are kind of an investment play. You can see why a Home Depot and a Lowe's are always going to be in business. There's always going to be stuff to clean up. There's going to be furniture to paint. I had to work on my kitchen and touch up paint because the kitchen is the messiest room in my house, and there's a lot of dinging going on. I know you're saying, dinging. Do we need to censor you? Behave. No, dinging. There's a lot of dinging going on. Exactly, dinging. Um, so you can see why a hurricane or floods will always keep people in business. And then you're like, didn't we just go through this in Houston? And this is Galveston, Texas, which is kind of part of a rich oil area as far as pipelines and refineries go. Right. And we've already been doinked with the Iranian. Did they do it? Uh, military missile drone attacks in Saudi Arabia. 
Saudi Arabia, Iran saying, no, we did not do it. It just has our writing on the missiles, but that's we didn't know who wrote that. So someone else is being blamed, if you know what I'm saying. 800-516-1220 each calls on the air. This week, we also lost oil tycoon T. Boone Pickens. Pretty interesting kind of guy, a very self-made guy. And he pivoted a couple of wrong times. For instance, he was an oil guy, and he pivoted to air energy, um, re- renewables, recyclables. Like he, he went that direction, and it didn't exactly work out for him. He owns a lot of land in Texas. And he's like, if we put some windmills on, we'll get free air energy, and that'll support our oil policy in the United States being independent. But he passed this week, and again, we all pass, right? There's some humility and there's some understanding of life and death in that and the needs for insurance. Big event coming up this weekend. Tomorrow, Rotary Summit Center, 7th floor. Two events, one on wealth creation and one on wealth preservation. They're fast events. They're free events. You can use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Don't come to both. You don't need to come to both. You should be one or the other. Um, there's refreshments and stuff like that. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Use Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for supporting the show in the many ways that you have in the past. Um, it's a show really dedicated to getting you to retirement. Um, I, a simple thought that I throw out there, $1 million equals $40,000 of income in retirement. Essentially, till the day you die. Maybe, maybe not, depending on budgets and other issues, but essentially. Um, it could be a little bit more. Does forty thousand not sound like enough? Then you need two million. That's going to get you eighty thousand. But you need that kind of liquid. And earlier in the show, I was talking about investing in real estate, where I said, you know, in Raleigh, I bought a wonderful home, and if I had stayed in that forty thousand to fifty thousand dollar a year income bracket, it would have been fantastic. It would have been more than enough. But I moved up, and my budget moved up, and I'm like, I wish I would have bought more. I don't really regret. I don't want you to regret. I don't want you to think like that way. I think it's a bad way of thinking when it comes to investing. Um, some small breaking news I just saw. Uh, a Fed banking chairman, he's the Boston Fed, a guy named Eric Rosengreen, said the U.S. has weathered the trade and global slowdown and doesn't need lower interest rates. So Wall Street's going to react to that because what that is is a trial balloon. It's basically saying... The economy looks fine to us, the bankers, and yes, we hear you about China, and yes, we hear you about the rest of the world slowing down, and the Germans, Germany's got negative rates, and Sweden has negative rates, and there's things like negative mortgage rates now where you can actually get your – it's like, what does that even mean? And Rosengren's coming out and saying, well, we don't need lower rates. We look fine. The moment he said that, Wall Street started to react slightly on the negative. We kind of want Uncle, I was going to say Uncle Ben, but Ben Bernanke is no longer the Fed chairman, right? Or Aunt Janet. Oh, wait, Jenny Ellen's not. Uh, oh, good God, Jerome. We want Uncle Jerome to be our kind of like our big buddy who comes to save us with lower interest rates. Maybe we do, maybe we don't. You know, last week when they announced that they were going to lower interest rates, people were like, why? Is the economy bad? 
And today they're announcing, like, hey, we may not need to. They're sitting up a trial balloon. And you go, because the economy's good? <laughs> Question mark, right? Um, Trump says today that the U.S. is making a lot of progress with China. We've seen some video of this, like, uh, and the video on Bloomberg or BBC is like typically a lot of Chinese people standing around, a lot of Caucasian Americans standing around and like, are they really meeting? Are they, what are they doing? Are they robbing? Yes, they're robbing. Facebook is pressing forward with their Libra launch next year. I saw Mark Zuckerberg hobnobbing it with senators this week. I'm like, what's he doing? Oh yeah. That Libra, that cryptocurrency is coming up. That was met with skepticism when it was announced. The goal is to launch Libra next year, so says Facebook's David Marcus. And uh, another way of payment. And it's not a horrible idea. It's got the bank, it's got the backing of a lot of banks worldwide. It's not a horrible idea. You kind of trust your credit union. You kind of trust your Bank of America or your Wells Fargo or whoever you're banking with. A lot of countries don't have that relationship with their banks. 800 516 to get your calls on the air. Larry Ellison calls Uber and WeWork almost worthless. Fascinating, right? A guy worth billions of dollars going out on his way to say Uber has no value. And I'll be honest with you, he's right. They're burning too much cash. They need cash. And it's kind of a race to zero. Enjoy your Uber Eats while they're here and your Postmates. Because at some point in time, we're going to be paying more for that service. Or it's going to go away. Congress wants to protect a lot of the workers in the gig economy. And when that happens, you're going to see that this amazingly wonderful, freakishly great service is going to cost more, which is fine for some people. But Uber sports market cap of $57 billion. So when Larry Ellison says it's not worth it, he doesn't see value in, in other companies a lot of times because he's being honest. The WeWork IPO it's still it's very confounding to explain. It's a, a company worth billions and billions and billions of dollars, and their whole business model is to not own real estate, but to lease real estate from someone else who owns it and then sublease it to a lot of startups. So you need a healthy startup economy. You need kind of a business model where people are like, well, I can't afford a whole office or a lease, so I'm going to sublease. You kind of need that whole sublease thing working. So that's out there. But uh, interesting that Larry Ellison taking a shot at both of those companies. And I, I get it. I, don't, don't quote me as saying Uber and Lyft go to zero because I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I don't get their business model. It would be tough for me to put your money into it. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Railroad stocks. Do you remember playing Monopoly and there was the four railroads? And they had this strange utilitarian kind of value to them. It's been one of the hottest and sexiest sectors this year. Trains. And trains are a 200-year-old business. CSX is 190 years old. It was once known as the Baltimore and Ohio Railroad. The B&O, right? So CSX and Union Pacific, Canadian National Railway. And then I start running out of names that I can name in, in trains. And that's the value of it, if you kind of get where I'm going at with it, is there's only so many ways to push freight around the world, whether they be trains, planes, or automobiles. Transports are a good economic indicator. When their stocks are doing well, 
it's telling you that you know freight volumes are in, are increasing. Right now, freight volumes are declining. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. <laughs> Big seminar this weekend. I can't wait to see you tomorrow. Investing beyond a 401k in San Jose. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think I got the black lung pop. If you're in your 40s or 50s and you need to figure out how to save more and more and more, this is your last hurrah. This event's for you. 9.30 to 11. It's a fast one. In the afternoon, it's retirement income and tax planning. You can sign up for either or event at the Rotary Summit Center in San Jose at newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25. I think I'm getting the black lung, Bob. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial, money invested, and more. I think this is one of the songs from Big Little Eyes on HBO. Um, A show that's a little overrated. Speaking of overrated, one man that I can say is not overrated, CFP Chad Burton. How are you, Mr. Burton? You scared me for a minute. I didn't know where you were going with that one. Um, Big Little Eyes. Did you ever watch it on HBO? I haven't, no. They're all guilty. Spoiler alert. (laughs) You're supposed (laughs) to say that before. Oh, yeah, 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 I forget. So, uh, big event coming up tomorrow. <laughs> Excited by this, a Saturday event. So, I'm going to get to sleep early tonight so I can stay pace with you. Um, but big event, investing beyond the 401k tomorrow in San Jose at the Rotary Summit Center on the sub floor, easy parking. Uh, great breakfast joint underneath. Um, that's from 9.30 to 11 in the afternoon, one from 1 to 3, retirement income and tax planning. People can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. But let's get to promoting the content, shall we? This year is three-quarters of the way done. Only you, a CFP, would refer to it as three-quarters of the way done. I would refer to it as the back half of the year. Um, but it's been a pretty good year. People are starting to like look for managing it smoothly. What should we do in the back quarter of our year, Mr. Burton? Well, um, if you're self-employed and you're trying to figure out some sort of a plan to fund, typically the best plan to fund and create is an individual 401k. A lot of people fund SEP IRAs, but as I've talked about before, that's rarely the best plan to do, but it's always the plan that you can do kind of retroactively. So if you want to get on top of that and make sure you have the right plan in place for 2019, then look at doing an individual 401k. You have to create those accounts. Even though you can fund them after the end of the year, you can you got to create them before the end of the year. But those that are working for employers couple of things to do. You're going to start getting announcements. You know, open enrollment is coming up. That's where you go in and look at your benefits and especially check out your health care plans. Have you had any life-changing events like a spouse lost a job or a spouse got a job and they have coverage and you can reduce your costs through your employer? Um, did you get a divorce and you need to change plans? Things like that that you need to make minor adjustments and maybe your you know kids are kind of out of college and you're healthy and you're trying to say okay what's best for insurance consider an HSA plan where you get a higher deductible plan and you can do an HSA account where you can 
get a big tax deduction for funding an account that is kind of like a, a Roth on steroids because if you fund an HSA account, you can get a tax deduction, but it also grows tax-free as long as it's used for healthcare costs. And the way that I like people with high cash flow to deal with this is don't if you go to the doctor, don't spend money out of the HSA account. Cash flow it. Go to the doctor, pay for those high deductibles out of your own pocket, and continue to fund that HSA account so it builds and builds and builds because you can invest it in no-load mutual funds. And then once you retire at 65, you can spend it on all of your health care costs, your Medicare Part B, um, any of those you know, long-term care things, that it creates a really great account for retirement. So those you know, late 40s, early 50s that are healthy, kids are gone, it's, it's a really good plan to consider. Um, and to get those started, too, Rob, I think a lot of people don't realize that you can actually take IRA money and roll in to the HSA plan. Okay. Is that a good so idea? The HSA plans, you, yeah, it, it definitely get those things started because you're switching all of a sudden to a plan where you're, hey, I'm going to go to the doctor and spend 10 bucks or 20 bucks to, hey, the first you know, three to $7,000 is out of your own pocket because the premiums are lower and it allows you to fund this HSA account. So in case something bad happens, you can take IRA money. Um, if you're a family, you can contribute up to $7,000 to the HSA account. Or if you're um, uh, over 50, it's going to be seven uh, 8000 So a couple could essentially, one person could roll $8,000 from their IRA into the HSA plan, and the next year the other person could. And all of a sudden, boom, you've got sixteen grand if you're over 50 in this HSA account to fund future medical costs, and you can get that money invested and just start to grow it for your retirement uh, health insurance account, essentially. So it can be a really good planning opportunity. And the other thing is, you know, people should check their withholding, too, on their pay stub. Have a okay. call with your financial advisor, your tax advisor, and say, am I on track for withholding enough money, or maybe I'm withholding too much? Um, check to make sure your 401K is on track. That's 19000 or if you're going to be 50 by the end of the year. So even if your birthday's December 31st, and that's when you turn 50 this year, you're eligible for that extra uh, $6,000 catch-up in your 401k. Um, and then if, you've, if you're on track to max out the deferral portion of your 401k and you have more money to save, call your employer. Call that 401k 800 number and ask if you can make after-tax contributions and convert it to the Roth. That's the mega Roth 401k that we'll be talking a lot about on Saturday at the morning event. So a lot of things that you can take a look at. Sounds pretty complicated, and I'm glad that you're on top of it, because my retirement plan was to kill a rich person and just take all their money and assume their identity, but I'm assuming that's not the best best plan. You have been watching too many HBO and, and Netflix shows, haven't you? I, uh, not sleeping well. Not sleeping well. <laughs> How about retirees, Chad? Oh, and by the way, big event coming up tomorrow, two events, one at 9.30, one at 1 p.m., uh, one's essentially for people who are kind of accumulating wealth, and one's essentially for people who are kind of heading towards retirement. I'm in the latter half, so I'm heading towards retirement, so I'm paying more and more attention to those kind of strategies that kind of I, uh, I don't have an AARP card, but I'm leaning that way. Uh, retirees, what should I be looking for um, coming in the last 25% of the year? Well, so if you're if you're on that that path, this is that events for if you're ten, you think you're about ten years from retirement or so, or you're in retirement. That's what that's all about, right? Um, and so, so it's really that's when you start taking an end up look at your portfolio. 
you know, your cash versus stocks versus bonds. Your, and essentially, it's your growth versus defensive assets. And how do you manage that mix? Okay. Um, and inside your growth assets, we have had this crazy run where for more years than not, growth has outperformed value. We're starting to see a little bit of that switch. So we're seeing a lot of retirees that the growth portion of their portfolio has done great, but it's also really geared towards sectors and, and parts of the market that have done really well and gotten somewhat expensive, where there's other areas of the market that are really cheap right now. Um, so taking a look at your portfolio and making sure that you, you're not just growth, that you've got some value um, in the portfolio, especially on the small cap side. Uh, making sure that within five years from the date of retirement, you've done a very clear plan that you know where each dollar is going to come from, and that you have three years worth of your portfolio draws in a safe place. And that safe money, I mean, you should be earning on your cash accounts at least 1.8%, 1.9% minimum. So if you've got a bunch of cash sitting somewhere that's not earning that, take a look at um, you know, some of the online FDIC-insured money market accounts. Um, we have one for uh, clients now that basically it's, they, they make one deposit and it gets spread out among several of those FDIC-insured online banks, and that's paying 1.9%. Um, other things, Medicare changes, um, are going to come up as well. So if you're 65 or older, um, if you're about to be 65, start that shopping for Medicare at least three months in advance because it's kind of a it's a long learning curve for that it's a process. But it's any a process changes that sure. you should make, yeah. You, any changes that you should make, um, you know, you should start thinking about that now. Your doctors, your prescription drugs, and things like that. If you're over 70 and a half, think about gifting your required minimum distribution to charity. That's always really good for your tax return. And then, and speaking of taxes, look at your portfolio at this point in time and say, do I have any, in my taxable account, do I have anything that's showing a loss on paper? And you might want to do some swapping to take advantage of those losses and turn it into a tax gain. Sounds good. Is there anything else that we need to know as we have about one minute to promote the seminar? Yeah. Again, I just want to keep pushing this idea of two things, uh, growth versus value and small cap versus large cap. It, over Since like 1928, smaller companies have outperformed larger companies by a little over 2% a year, and value has outperformed growth by about 3% a year on average since 1928. But that hasn't been the case over the last 10 years, and I think it's going to shift over the next 10 years. So that's why I think it's important to really take a look at what you're investing in right now. Sounds good. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow. CFP Chad Burton. People can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Big event coming up tomorrow. Two big events. One is called Invest Me on the 401k. That should be an interesting hot piece of uh, mess because everyone's trying to figure out what do I do to get a little further along. And we're going to kind of scrap this together for you, whether you're in your 40s or 50s. Uh, we're going to hit some investment rules, the mega Roth 401k, active versus passive investing. We balance your 401k, invest in real estate, much, much more. CFP Chad Burton will be there, but we're also going to bring two or three more CFPs. So if you have questions, tomorrow's a good day to bring them to the floor. Retirement income and tax planning from 1 to 3 in the afternoon. Then we're going to call it a weekend and call it all said and done. So this is your chance to get it on before the end of the year. You can learn more at newfocusfinancial.com. That's the website I'm looking at right now. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Two different events tomorrow, one cruising in retirement, one 
essentially you're in retirement and looking for income and you, hopefully you have enough of a nest egg to figure this out intelligently. You can sign up for the either or event at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code right here, 25 to get in for free. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back again, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Big event coming up tomorrow. I can't believe I'm saying tomorrow on a Saturday. Why am I working on a Saturday? Why do I always regret doing Saturday events before the event actually comes? There's two events. One's called Investing Beyond the 401k. I try to squeeze as much into investing as I can. Some people try to squeeze as much as they can out of vacation. Some people try to squeeze as much as they can out of going to the retail store. Like, hey, I'm going to go sneak and, and throw this in the cart. That's what this is all about. Investing beyond the 401k is everything you can throw in the cart of retirement savings. Mega Roths, investment rules, invest in real estate, rebalancing 401ks, active versus passive investing. This has been a great time to be a passive investor. Does that bode poorly? Some people think it does. We're too passive at this point in time. Speaking of too passive, he's a man who loves peace in the Middle East long before others did. Tony Mendez with AreaRealEstate.com. How are you, Mr. Mendez? I'm well, I'm well. I do like peace. Peace in the Middle East. You don't really like peace elsewhere, but in the Middle East, you're a big fan of. Um, What do we need to know about real estate investing and doing this kind of as a Something you do in your 30s and 40s and 50s is kind of a, a side project to get you to more retirement. Well, yeah, investing and going into retirement is something that a lot of people are thinking about more often early on because, uh, I mean, quite honestly, it wouldn't be that bad of an idea to have a free and clear property paying some sort of dividends to, you know, in, in retirement. Um, I have a property that I know will be free and clear when I get to retirement age, and that will give me you know, a couple thousand dollars a month that I could use for you know, health care or you know, my kid's college, you know, things like that. So it's the ultimate goal to you know, accumulate this over time and not think about it too late in life when it might not make as much sense. Now, you work with a man named Gordon Hines who has had a pretty successful history of setting up investments, not just in your mortgage. Like, hey, I think your mortgage is a very, very powerful tool on your primary home. But Gordon's done a good job of setting up investment-minded approaches to investment properties around the Bay Area. Uh, Talk about what it's like working with Mr. Gordon Hines, a legend in the Bay Area. (laughs) You know, it, it... You don't have to do it at a large scale like uh, Gordon does and other investors. Um, it could be as simple as one or two investment properties and your primary. I think everybody should own at least one investment property, um, if not just their primary home, because it is a way to build equity over a long period of time. And, uh, and if you manage that debt and that asset, which is what Gordon has done really well over a period of time with, with mortgages, with different kinds of mortgages, with um, you know really good property management uh, strategies, uh, you can actually go into retirement with a, a decent plan. And you know, and and the great thing about the asset is it's convertible. You can at any point in time change it to a better property or and consolidate. Maybe five properties is too much, and you want to put it into one in retirement. You have a lot of equity. There's something called a 1031 exchange, 
And these, these, there's tools out there to build a real estate portfolio if that's the direction that you go when you've maxed out your 401k or IRA and you've taken care of all the other things. And that's what Gordon's done, and he's been very successful at it. With that being said, Robert Schiller had a lot to talk about this week with real estate. I barely skimmed on it, but he, one of the things he was going to after is that narrative drives real estate. What is the narrative right now, and did you, did you grasp what he was trying to say with that? I did. You know, he, he calls housing is driven by narratives. Um, right. You know, in the Great Recession, we had, uh, you know, people who lost their homes. They lost their down payments. They borrowed too much. And then, then there's the lending side. They were lending too much, too high loan to values, not enough down payment. And, and what he's saying is that he's starting to see these narratives again. And, and he's saying that people have forgot, you know, that narrative. Uh, back in 2006, it was about 49% of people said investment was a major consideration, and that dropped to 32% in 2010, but that's rebounded in 2016 to 42% going higher. So people are, are a little bit more speculative now, and that's that narrative that we're seeing, and that's where he's a little bit worried about why it feels more like you know, the, the 2006, 2007 leading to the Great Recession. It's good stuff. People can meet you tomorrow. You're going to be at both events, helping uh, the day along with content, especially tied towards real estate and mortgages. I just got a mortgage redone with Tony. It was actually the easiest mortgage I've ever done, only because I think I've done so many mortgages with you. I knew every annoying question you would ask. Would it be a W-2 or do you want taxes or do you want to sign this? Do you not want to sign that? Do you want to save money on this? But I think we know each other well enough because we've done enough work together. But people could find you at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. You want to plug your phone number or maybe an email address or anything else? Email is Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's probably the easiest, Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. And, of course, the Thursday night show that we do on 1220 a.m. at 6 p.m. We do that. We've been 10 years on the air so far. Now, when people write Tony, is that Tony, is that an I with a heart or is it a Y? <laughs> it's a Y. Really? <laughs> it's Tony Mendez. Uh, you can find him at com. Big event coming up this weekend. He will be at both events uh, talking a little bit about investing in real estate. It's one of those things that, yeah, I've done it. And it's actually kind of interesting because when I started buying my real estate for investments, I was in my 20s. And it's kind of funny because... My 20s, I was living on the East Coast, so I bought real estate that made sense on the East Coast. I kind of wish I would have bought real estate that makes sense on the West Coast, because I would have been a lot more leveraged. I might have gone bankrupt, but it would have had a bigger you know, kickback, per se. For instance, I own a place in Raleigh, North Carolina, which is lovely. It's an alternative idea for income for me in retirement. It's lovely. It's on a golf course. It's lovely. It's inside of Duke, UNC, University of North Carolina, and NC State. Three major colleges. It's kind of like the Bay Area has two major colleges feeding the whole tech job frenzy. It kind of helps the whole whole thing, but uh, I kind of wish I would have bought three or four of them. One feels like, oh, yeah, my rent. Oh, yeah. That'll cover my health care in retirement. Yeah. I, I want a vacation in the Bahamas in retirement. Anyhow, you can sign up for the big event coming up this weekend at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Investing beyond the 401k. Is that you? Or are you starting to think about unwrapping your investments? You can sign up for either event at newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25. Listen to commercials for more information. It's newfocusfinancial.com.